Oh boy, we need to talk. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Wolfpack Podcast with your host, Wolfson, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly topics that happen on a weekly basis in the entertainment industry. So without further ado, let's get down with shitstance. But before we get started, here's something I need to apologize to you guys, my audience, my loyal followers who, who always listen to my podcast every week, man. And you guys are wondering what the hell happened the past two weeks, Wilson. Like, what's going on? All right, guys. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm very sorry that that you guys didn't receive any podcasts. There were two episodes that actually did got recorded for every uh, for last for the last two weeks. Problem is that the video resolution out of it became choppy. Like the audio was on point. And you know what? I could have released the audio versions of those cons, of those podcasts. But then again, what about the video part? The video part was just bad. And instead of just like releasing an, an entire episode with just one bit screen and you guys just get to listen instead of instead of also looking at it, I'd rather give you my my best of me. I'd rather give you my product at, at, at its fully best form ever. You know, I don't want to give a half-ass project to you guys. I don't want to give you a half-ass episode. That's not how I work. I want to make sure that you guys get the best out of me. And that, and that includes, you know, giving, you know, some of my best content performances, you know. So if, for some reason, I don't know why um, I have a Logitech Brio uh, 4K camera. I don't know why isn't be becoming choppy. Maybe it's the laptop. Maybe Mac cannot handle while recording, but PCs can. So if this this is like the first time that I'm gonna try this episode, and if it doesn't fail, I'm just gonna put it out there without you know without any other visuals, just in case if it gets choppy. And on the next episode, I'm just gonna record it on my on my laptop Razer Blade, which is a PC, and it never fails. But, you know, you you would think, you would assume that Apple will do great jobs. Gotcha, bitch. And that's one of the topics that I definitely want to talk about because I also said that, all right, like if if there's nothing that really happened on the week and becomes a very slow week, then I would like to dedicate the episode, at least for the most of the episode, um, on technical parts or s uh, specific topics like, you know, the Grammys are rigged or... Uh, what do you guys think about Ableton and Logic or some uh, some other tech choices, you know? And if you guys got a specific topic, guys, let me know in the comments down below. Let me know and I'll be more than happy to talk about it. It's like the more stuff that you bring me, the more I'll, tr I'll put it out there, you know? So, of course, and I decided like, you know, it's best for me instead of leaving you guys hanging with there was nothing this week. I would rather give you some technical advice and, and all this. So... One of the few things that I definitely want to talk about on this episode is Apple's versus, uh, versus uh, PC, you know, something that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot and a lot, a lot of music producers have this dilemma on a daily basis, and on a weekly basis, yearly basis, you know, deciding on which one to use when you're trying to make music production, you know, or even mixing method or whoever, like whoever needs a computer. You know, what is the best uh, option for it? To make it very simple for you guys, 
it doesn't matter which option you know you choose, whether you want to choose a PC or you want to choose a an, an Apple MacBook Pro, that's fine by me. Either one is a great option. As long as that they the as long as they have like the the specs that you're looking for that can support of what you're trying to look for, then yeah, by all means go for it. You know, the, it, obviously price is flat, and you can say you can make the argument that MacBook prices are ridiculously high. That you'd rather go on a PC or a a built-in PC or a, la- a built-in uh, custom-made laptop. You know, like the Alienware's have their own custom-made um, laptops. The Razers, which is what I got, like I I pre-built my my laptop. I say I want this, this, and this, and that's how I got it delivered. Um, I wonder who else does the laptops. There were other people. I've um. Other than Razer and Alienware, uh, the Asus as well. Uh, yeah, like you can just custom make your own pla- uh, your own laptop, and you and you choose the specs that you want. You can basically have a laptop, a PC built-in laptop, that can probably match the same specs as an Apple MacBook Pro on any and any size. It doesn't matter whether it's a 13 or a 14 now or a 15 or or 17, it doesn't matter what the size can hold, you know, like you can put whatever you want. You can probably have the same specs as a MacBook Pro. And yes, you'll find it a whole lot cheaper going for a lap a PC laptop or a Windows laptop than you would on a MacBook Pro. But then what makes the difference between them? What makes it like I'd rather go with a MacBook because it's safer rather than the Windows? To be honest, I'm gonna push back on that on that logic. Oh, it, MacBook Pros are safe. You know they. You know it's a good process, and they'll process fit good. I'm gonna push back on the thought that it's safe. It is not safe. In my whole lifetime, I probably have one, two, three, and this is my fourth MacBook Pro. Yeah, four MacBook Pros in my lifetime. And I bought my first MacBook Pro. I bought it when I was my early 20s. Early 20s, yeah. Around there. I got my first MacBook Pro in my early 20s. That one lasted. Lasted. When I got to SAE Miami, I got myself... uh, They gave me a new MacBook Pro. And the cool thing about it, the the hard drive was way bigger than than the one that I had. And I could have, I can upgrade my my RAM. It was a, like a eight gigabytes. I can I can upgrade it to uh, to sixteen, and that's what I did. I upgraded to sixteen RAMs of giga. So I imagine a MacBook Pro for music production and audio engineering, five hundred gigabytes and sixteen RAMs. Obviously, at that time, like twenty fourteen, I was like, whoa, that's that's dope. That's dope. You could get more out of it. Yes. Every, every, every instructor or professor or art engineer that I went to school there, they always told tells us, always have a backup of the backup of a backup. Because there will be times in which shit will hit the fan and it will fail. Nani? Let me be clear, guys. There will be times in which it, it the, your Mac will fail. Or your program will fill, and you need backup of all that stuff. I was like, 
man, I don't know what they're talking about, man. No, th these MacBooks go, you know, they're amazing. You know, why, why not? Like, why should I care? Oh, it's true. It's true. Because my MacBook Pro has failed me like at least two or three times. Nani? Two or three times. Emotional, damn it. In which it shut down, it got frozen, hard drive failed, and I lost everything. Yeah. Bruh. Like that. MacBooks. MacBook Pros. Congratulations. You played yourself. And luckily, luckily, the majority of the work that I already had, the majority of the work that I already had has been already uploaded either on my two or three hard, external hard drives that I had, or it's already been added at the, at the cloud. I kid you not. If it wasn't for all that backup, I would have never, you know, I would have never continued back to my old, my old strategies or my old projects. It was ridiculous that it had to feel like this two or three times. And then the two times were was when I was traveling. That's when it failed the most when I was traveling. Congratulations. You played yourself. I've never heard anything bad in regards to the built in beast uh, windows. I could be wrong. Somebody can let me know in the comments, but I've never heard anything bad. So when I heard that, so when I started to see like, oh my God, it's fucking up and it's, you know, going downwards. That's why I decided like, I'm going to switch to PC. And I decided to switch on the Razer because Razer is a gaming PC. It's a gaming company and they have gaming laptops and gaming PCs for you, for the gamers. It's for the gamers. And you're like, but you're not a gamer. It's like, Motherfucker, yes, I am a gamer. I just don't stream it like many others. That's been there, done that, all right? But the amount of performance that a gamer needs to record its gaming while, you know, they're playing and whatnot, it's astronomically high. And by having it that high on that high performance, that's, and I tell you, that is when you actually can have that same performance on a, on a DAW, on a DAW, like an Ableton or a Logic or a Pro Tools, why not? Because the, those programs already is asking the computer that we need to handle something big and that, that so we can execute our performance and it doesn't feel like we're lagging or freezing. Well, why'd you know it that, you know, a lot of these gaming PCs can take that. In fact, they could take more. That's why I, as soon as I heard that and I started making research and whatnot and listening to the forums and listening to the reviews of certain computers and whatnot, I, I made what the best bet by going with my Razer Blade 15. I kid you not. To this day, it's still working. I think it's been five years. It's 20. Let me see. I got it on 2018, right? 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Wow. Yeah. Five years, basically. And it still works like brand new. I press button, 10 seconds, it's already, it's, everything has been loaded up to, to my screen, my main screen. 10 seconds. That's how long it took. I press Ableton, opens up, no problem. I press Premiere, opens up, no problem. Opens up OBS, opens up, no problem. Me going on Ableton with doing Serum because for some reason Serum likes to take as much processes. Fly like an angel. Literally.
And the, and for the longest time, that's how I did all my podcasts and my music production. I just bring my, you know, my laptop, my Blade 13, you know, not 15, 15. It's actually pretty big. I love it. Um, yeah, it has no issues whatsoever. It hasn't given me any issues, any, any, any issues that, is, that indicates like, oh, we're about to fail. None. Just a few updates that I got to do here. And there's just a few things that I need to clear space because I have a lot of space. And mind you, this laptop itself, it has uh, two hard drives inside. It has a, a 256 uh, solid state drive. And then it has a two terabyte uh, fusion drive. That's a lot. You will say that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But that's exactly why I bought it. Because at that time, a lot of the MacBook Pros doesn't let you have two hard drives. It only leaves you one. And the one that you get is not even solid state. It's a fusion drive. And sometimes it's a one terabyte. It's nothing. It's nothing. Especially as us as mus uh, music producers and audio engineers and video editors. It's nothing because our spaces are way too big. So we have to, we have to get stuff like that big, you know? So for the longest time, I've been having, you know, uh, razor blades. And, and I love it. That's my opinion of it based on my experience. Ever since then, uh, my work has been giving me, you know, MacBook Pros. Like, you know, I had a 13 before this one. 13 was good. It's dope. It was dope for performance, um, um, editing and whatnot. But it was very small. It was like 128 gigabytes of hard drives. Like the bare minimum. Imagine me working with the bare minimum. Yeah, it was hell for, for a year or two, you know, that I had to. Um, but obviously the processor and the, and the RAM was good. Problem is with some of the MacBook Pros that we are having right now, and and I think the MacBook Pros after 2015 or 2016, something around that time, because I remember I had my all my Pros before 2015, and I was able to easily upgrade. If I ever want to upgrade, I can just like replace the RAMs with a brand new RAM. I can replace the hard drive with a brand new hard drive, and yada yada yada. You know, like it's possible. It's it is possible. Problem is, after 2016, I think the reason why people were buying a lot of MacBook Pros is so they could actually later buy the parts and upgrade it. So basically, you buy uh, a MacBook Pro 13, you keep the processor. Processor is dope. And you just replace the RAM and the hard drive to whatever it's capable of, depending on the year. I remember, I think like the highest that it can handle was like 32 gigabytes of RAM. I could be wrong. It, it probably was 16. But I remember that I was thinking of upgrading to 32. I just I just uh, upgraded to six, uh, to sixteen because I know that's like the safest route to go. And I could have upgraded from from five hundred to a one tera because that's how much it can hold. And I remember at that time a lot of people were buying the bare minimum and they just match it up as much as they can, as much as the MacBook is allowed to uh, to go through, you know. And obviously Apple for being greedy mother. They decided to like, no, we can't have that because, damn, we're losing money. We're selling the MacBook Pro for twenty five. I mean, twenty five like for two for two thousand dollars, and the higher version of that MacBook is like twenty seven. But here, these people are buying the MacBook Pro for the bare minimum for two thousand, and they spent like a hundred, two hundred bucks on the highest upgrade of it. We lose money. So no, we need to cut that. How do we do that? Here's how they did it. They smolder all their circuits. And for those of you who 
who doesn't know that term or doesn't know what I'm talking about, let me give you, let me paint you a picture. Um, and every computer, every computer, and everything that's electronic, they there's a there's a circuit board. I'm pretty sure we all have seen it before. It's like a little green, you know, card, and it has little dots and it has little lines that's connected to little other pieces. We call those the res the the resistors, the capacitors, all all that stuff, and all that is you know connected to to the computer. So that way the computer can function. Every little electronic thing has that. What was the issue? Well, the issue is that every computer has that and it was easily detachable. It was easily detachable because we just have to unscrew the, 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 the cables out of it. Not the cables, but more like the, the, line, the lines that connect to the, to the circuit board because it's like a big Lego. If you look at it in Lego terms, it's like basically I got this little piece that goes with this piece and you just like boop and that's it. And it was detachable. So basically, if it fails, I could just boop and replace it with a new one. That's exactly what everybody was doing because everything was detachable, how it should be. It's like, okay, it's not failing. I don't want to buy a new Mac, but it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. I would rather spend hundreds of dollars on a new piece, a parts and pieces. And I, got, I still can use my MacBook, you know. Competing the obsolete, you know, like I don't like making my computer obsolete with that. I don't have to replace it. You know, that was the thing. People were doing that. So to eliminate that problem. So that way it forces you to go buy a new MacBook, a new Apple product. They smolder the pieces. So when they when I say they smolder, so. Remember earlier when I told you there were like Lego blocks that, you know, they have a little claws and there's like where you put the holes and you just like connect it like this. Boop. So these little holes right here, when you connect it to the block, it stays right there where my hand is. See these little tips on my finger right here? So what they do is that they burn it. They burn these little things so that way it is stuck in the block and you can't detach it. That's what it smolder is. Oh, but that doesn't, but burning it, what? Doesn't that, wouldn't, wouldn't that, that affect the motherboard, the circuit? Wouldn't that burn it and it'll fuck it up? No, because there's actually uh, tools for that. You know, it's called a Bunsen burner um, for, for circuits. It's like a little, it's like a pen looking thing, but it's hot as shit. I hardly tell people, do not touch the tip of it. When it's connected, do not touch because it's like connecting uh, like an oven. You know, on every oven, there's like little lines that turns, you know, orange to make the whole the whole oven, you know, hot. That's exactly what it is. And that and it's like a pen figure that you grab it on the bottom and then you go to the smaller parts and you burn them. And to answer your question, does it fuck up the circuit? No, because those little pieces those that are in my tip, those are those are those are copper. They're, they're, they're not part of the circuit. They're a part of the resistors and the capacitors and whatnot. But as long as you burn it, it doesn't, as long as you burn the copper of it to smolder back to the circuit board, and, and if it can relay the information passing by, you shouldn't have any problems. That's how a lot of the circuit boards work. You know, you actually smolder them, and whatever power or resistance that you're giving up, it can still pass by, by all the lines. So Apple figured that out and they managed to do it and it worked. And now they now their older MacBook Pros are not their MacBook Pros, their iPhones, their iPads, their MacBook Airs, their iMats, their towers, 
everything is like, no, you want to buy this? You want to buy this? This is the spits. This is the spits. Take it or leave it. You want it the highest? This is this is the highest. This is how much we're charging. Take it or leave it. And they don't give a shit because people will buy it regardless, which sucks. It sucks ass because like, damn, now you're forcing me to spend more money on, on something that I really need to. That's how the Apple works. So that's why there's like the, the comparison between PCs and Apples. You know, they go back and forth. Well, with a PC, you if, if, a, if, if something breaks, you could just easily replace it. That's why a lot of built-in PCs, they cost like a great, a great, great PC with all the performance that you want and all the stuff. A great PC could cost you $2,300 versus a great iMac tower or a great iMac or a Mac Pro Pro to the highest, you know, cost you like three or four G or more. It's like, obviously, I'm going to go there. But earlier I said, what is better from performance wise, Macs or Windows? And I said it also as well that it all depends on what you're trying to achieve because both ways can work perfectly fine. Like I can do edits on my MacBook Pro the same the same amount I can do edits on my razor blade. They work perfectly. But there is definitely a difference on both ends. And it's something that I've been noticing in the past two weeks as I've been recording on this MacBook with OBS and we try to record the podcast. There is a big difference. And it and, and it's like and it, it, the big the difference is big. But it's like, it's so small that you didn't even notice it until you realize this is why all my videos are getting choppy. This is why this is not working, this and that. The big difference is that Windows are good to render stuff and record stuff and stream stuff on the point. Apples are not. That's the difference. Why do you think that a lot of your favorite uh, YouTube streamers or Twitch streamers or where is streamers you got, you watch, they all have uh, built-in PCs and you see their built-in PCs. They're like, holy shit, like rainbows and colors and shit and whatnot. And you can see what's inside there. Like, it's like top of the line crap, you know? It's like, whoa, what is this, you know? Why you think? Because they built in enough that and needs to have the highest performance when they're streaming and recording all and all at the same time. Because you're not only you're streaming something, you're recording it video and audio, so it needs to be on point. And as well, um, you're also playing a video game, which that adds more to it. If you're playing a video game on the PC, like yeah, you need a high performance, like top of the line because you're recording, you're streaming it, you're talking, you're talking to your people and you're record and you're playing your video game at the highest performance, like at the highest FPS at the highest, you know, all that. That's why a lot of people recommend, you know, if you're doing, if you're going to be streaming, it's on windows because windows can allow you to do that. Apple on the, on the other side, it doesn't let you do that. Apple has that problem that the processor is good, but it's, is processing stuff like taking information and saying even though it has a solid state drive it don't matter it's processing by trying to record stuff all simultaneously it has that lagging problem it is what it is however 
it has that problem. But when it comes to the post-production, like literally editing the videos or editing the audio or making music or whatnot, oh no, top of the line. Its performance is much more greater than um, on a built-in PC. I have to give them that. So basically, Windows is great at pre-production and, and, and regular production by streaming and whatnot. And Apple is great at post-production, editing, adding stuff and whatnot. You can make the argument, obviously, that if you have a Windows PC and it has its uh, highest performance, that you can do the post-production and do all editing just as much as uh, as as the Windows. You can make the argument, absolutely, because I I told you my Razer can do everything. Literally, it can do everything. It can do Ableton and it can do Premiere and, and everything. And I have cousins that actually have you know built-in PCs that they can do everything as well. But I have to tell you, the level of smoothness on MacBooks when I'm editing and how quick it is to export some of these audio and video clips, like you can see the difference. Like you can see the difference. And it can hold up uh, any of the highest resolution at any of the highest um, format of it, you know? So, so my, my opinion... I like the best of both worlds because I got the best of both worlds. I got myself a MacBook Pro and I got myself a Windows. But if I were to choose, if I were to choose what I want to do overall, I will always stick with the Windows. Why? Because like I said, post-production with MacBook Pros, Apple, it's post-production, is next level. It's phenomenal and it's always going to be great. But I can still do that on a Windows. I can still do that on the Windows. And it gives me a guarantee that it's not going to fail. And if it does fail, it's just a part that I can just detach and buy a new part and, and replace it. And that's it. Versus, you know, buying a new, a whole new computer because it cannot be replaceable. And even happens to this MacBook. I have to take it to, to, to a tech store or Apple store. And they're going to tell me like, man, uh, the motherboard is done or a hard drive fail. You need to replace uh, with a new computer. We, you can't replace it because it's smaller. That's what they're going to tell me. Congratulations. You played yourself. That's why they say Apple Care's uh, protection plan is actually worth getting it if you're having it. Because if it does fail, they'll replace you with a brand new um, computer. They'll just give you a new one. And you don't have to pay any extra because you already have uh, Apple Care. So there's your pros and cons a little bit, and you get to decide, Juice. But like I said, my personal opinion, I will end up doing a Windows. I'd rather have a built-in laptop Windows, which I have, a Blade 15. And I also would like to have a tower, uh, a PC, a custom-made PC. Absolutely. For longevity purposes, absolutely. Because I can still do everything. I can still do whatever I do here in this MacBook. I can still do it in the Windows. There's no difference, you know? Sure, again... MacBook has a better performance and it's much more smoother than the Windows, but I can still do it. It's not forbidding me. It's not stopping me from not doing it. So for if you're becoming a music producer, don't ever believe the like, oh yeah, get the MacBook. The MacBook, it's never going to fail. No, it can fail. It definitely fails. And when it does fail, you need to get a new one. That's why it's, it's always worth getting a new computer. Uh, getting, I mean, getting a new uh, Apple Care.
That's what it's worth if you're going for the Apple. But honestly, you can do a lot of stuff with the bare minimum just to have a Windows laptop that would that can do all these performance that can handle it. With Windows, absolutely. I will always recommend everybody to get yourself a, 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 a gaming laptop because you can get a gaming laptop for half the price of what a MacBook Pro can, can sell it to you and, it'll, and you can match it up, the, the specs and everything. 100%. So if you're an upcoming and you decide like what laptop do I want when I start this uh, journey, um, just go with the PC. Uh, just go with the Windows. You don't need an Apple. Like that's just being bougie at that point, you know. But those are my thoughts, you know. So I just want to put that out because I feel like it's necessary to talk about it. And and I wanted to show you guys the reason the reasons behind because I couldn't bring you guys episodes last two weeks. So let's um let's move on to the next topic because I this is something that I talked about last week and I didn't get to talk getting get to put it out there. So I'm just gonna be very brief. It's gonna be a very brief thing. Um, Rihanna's Super Bowl. Here's the thing. I I hear a lot of controversy. I saw it. I saw it. It was a good performance. Good average. Do I feel it was lackluster? Yes. Do I feel like it was overhyped? Yes. Do I feel that Rihanna did a great job? Yes, absolutely. She did a phenomenal job. And the surprise of having a baby like she's pregnant is like, obviously, she that's all she can do. Just go on the platforms and move from side to side. And that, like, hey, that's Rihanna. That's her prerogative, you know? But like I said earlier, even though she did good, it was still lackluster. Why? Like I said earlier as well, it was overhyped. It was Rihanna. Rihanna's first performance in a long, long time. And a lot of people were like, oh, I can't wait to hear certain songs and this and that. And that's, and that's the problem. A lot of people were expecting to sing some of these songs. And some of the collabs that she has done, like the M&Ms, the Drakes, the JCs, and the Kanye's, which she played most of that. She didn't play any of the Drake or the M&Ms, but she played, she played the Chris Brown track, Birthday Cake, the beat for a bit. And then she switched it. And then she's played the all the lights with Kanye West and the run this time with Kanye West and Jay-Z and the Umbrella song with like that one that Jay-Z brought her up. Like there is like, there was a lot to expect. And I love, I love to hear a lot of people saying that, oh no, she did a phenomenal job. This was a great uh, Super Bowl for, for, um, I don't know if you've been living under the rock, but last year's Super Bowl performance was amazing. That was a great one. On uh, the weekend, another one. It was an amazing one. JLo and Shakira. To me, that's the, the number one so far. That's the top one. That one blew my mind all the way. What is the difference between all those that I mentioned versus Rihanna? Is that I see dancers moving around and changing clothes. I see their scenery changing. I see different music changing. I see... A lot of performance, a lot of guest appearance popping out, and a lot of transitionings. Like, there was a lot of it. There was a lot to process. I was like, whoa, what is going on? I need to watch this shit over and over again to process everything. Because the first time I was just like blown away, I was like, what is going on? See, those three that I mentioned, those halftime shows that I mentioned, I feel like those were wow factors. So I guess Rihanna's uh, Super Bowl felt like lost because there wasn't a wow factor. The wow factor was probably 
the the ceiling up the stage the stage spot ceiling going up and down that was probably the only wow and her being pregnant other than that like everything else was just her singing and i've heard a lot of people saying that she was lip singing i was like wait really well hold on i i took i i listened to the song i mean listen to it i saw the video again on youtube the halftime show and i rewatched it like a couple of times and i was like Oh my God, there might be onto something. Yeah, Rihanna probably was lip syncing because as an audio engineer, you can tell whether someone is singing and when they're not. Because there were times in which when she was singing and she, she, she put away the microphone, all of a sudden you hear her voice again. I get I get a lot of people are going to make the argument like, no, that was probably I live with the song and on the beat. It's like, Nah, bro, you can have the beat of any song and you can eliminate the acapella. You can have an instrumental version, even getting rid of the ad-libs and whatnot. You can. It is possible. I've done it multiple times. A lot of producers done it multiple times. It is possible. The fact that she left it there, it's, it's just an indication that she might probably be lip-syncing. And I get that a lot of people, when they hear this coming from me, they're going to be hating on me. That's like, oh, Wilson, you're hating. I was like, No. I'm trying to be as objective as possible and I'm trying to be unbiased because you know what? I love Rihanna and I love her music. Like her music ever since she started with Calvin Harris all the way to where she is right now. I love her, but the performance wasn't nothing. It was, it was like, eh, eh. And people don't want to hear that. People, they want to be biased and they want to see it all, but she was pregnant. What do you expect? Like, you can tell that she's on her first trimester of her pregnancy. That means she had a year of performance or planning the Super Bowl, and yet shh, she got pregnant. Like, I can tell that the whole stage setup was a last-minute thing because that's all she can do. Because I'm pretty sure once she got pregnant, like, well, this is the best we can do. She can't do all the crazy dances or any of that. And I'm not trying to blame on a pregnant person like, oh, she couldn't do that. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Hey, God bless you. And God bless your next child. Go for it, mama. But if you knew you were booked to do a performance, a halftime show, especially a halftime show that's world, world known, that it's like all oh, the highest show ever, especially big ass um, superstars to them to for them to pop in the in the halftime show is like the biggest thing ever. It's like that's how you rec that's the recognize. The recognition factor to know is like, yeah, I'm big. I'm this big. You could have just hold it for a bit until you until you finish it, or like at least getting closer to it. But you didn't, and I felt the energy that I felt like she did not care about this halftime show. That's the energy I was feeling for it. She didn't really care, and you can tell because of the stage performance, the 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 the, the song selections. He she didn't brought anybody in and. She was just moving from one place to another. Her attitude towards her is like, like you can tell, you can tell that she didn't care. That's my two cents, guys. That's my opinion of it. I'm and I'm criticizing from a performer's music production and stage coordinator's perspective, not as a, and not a, the opinion of so. Even though it's opinions, yes, but and not as the bias opinion of everyone else or bias opinion who has no relevancy or has no experience in the in the music or entertainment industry. 
No, I'm talking with my experience and the, the years that I've been working and that I'm still working on, it was kind of lackluster. I was expecting a little bit more and they were overhyping it. It was telling me that this is going to be big. Like you see the ads all around. And um, yeah, she made an album and she's released her first single for for the Black Black Fan, Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh, movie. Like it was built for that. And I was expecting it. I was like, like, you know how she controlled the narrative. People talking about her. And even after, kudos for her because after that, she knew that there was going to be backlash and people still talking. Like, I'm still talking. Now I'm a little bit late in the in the in this department. But you know what? I couldn't hold my peace until I said it out there and let the people know. So those are my thoughts about it. I'm not going to tackle her anymore. It's already done. You know, it was it was yesterday's news. I just released it right now. But that's what it is. That's what I think about it. Let me know what you guys think about it. If you guys got us, you know, think otherwise of my statement, then let me know. But this is my perspective as a as a live sound engineer, as a performer, as a DJ, as a music producer. That's what I believe, you know. Um, next topic I want before we go to. Before we go to movies and TV shows, um, next topic is the Skrillex album. That's right. Skrillex released two fucking albums. <laughs> like, holy shit. And something that we've already talked at the beginning of the year in January that we don't know if, you know, when Skrillex released Rumble, we don't know if it was like, a, oh, this is like the tease of a single or is it a tease of, a, of an album? And we don't know. And then, Every week or so, Skrillex releases a new single and a new single. And like I said, I'm like I said on my previous um, critiques of uh, Rumble, it was like it was good, not what I was expecting, not something that I'll be playing. The bootlegs and the remix versions are a whole lot better. And he was able to release other tracks on the way. There were some that were very housey, yes, and then there were some that were very bassy. And I'm like, whoa, okay, and. There were quite a few that I feel like I can listen to it and chill, not to not to put it out there. But there were do and then the album came about. And I was like, holy shit. The album, I think I said I mentioned. It. I don't I probably I mentioned it in the previous episodes that didn't come out. Um the album was good, not what I was expecting, definitely, but it was definitely good. It has a few songs that I did like, you know. But as a as a as a music producer, as a music, as an audio engineer, the mixing was just next level. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. As a music producer, however, it was not like Luster, but it's a little bit above it. It's like it was. I feel like it was average at best, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to dismiss Grizz. Grizz is dope, but it's just I feel that we've waited so long for him to release mu new music, and when he gave give us this, it was more like. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, you release it. Oh, it's fucking fire. It's dope. The the level, the sound designing, yes, next level. Next level. Production wise, it, I felt like it was like it felt like it was yesterday's news. Not the next new thing. Like nothing that he did was next level. Probably Rumble and Xena. Other than that, it was just like like I already heard something like this similar with others, you know? It's, so it's like but then again, he released another album a week after that. We were not expecting that he was going to release a junior album. It was, first, it was the uh, sophomore album. And now it became a junior album, like the third album. And I was like, what the fuck? And I think that's what got people off surprise. The fact that he was able to release a second album in a, in a span of a week or so. 
And I feel like that album was much better than the first album for some reason. Because, again, I cannot critique on the level of, of mixing and sound design because he's one of the best. He's one of the best. And But the music production and the selection of songs, I fuck with it a lot more than the first album. The Rumble album. Not, not the letter. I actually liked a lot this album i was like i was enjoying it my a lot more myself than i did i guess the other one catered to a certain audience it was a little bit more niche but on the second but the second album that he released it was much more better and i feel like that went a lot more appealing to a lot of people so my thoughts out of it on, on these albums is like i feel like the second album the first album that he released was was so so it was good but it wasn't like, whoa, like, you know, revolutionary good. But uh, the second album he released, a whole lot better. It was like a better improvement. It was definitely good. It was on point. I like, obviously, it's by it's biased for everybody. Everybody's subjected to their opinions and they say, no, like this one's better. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I can critique, you know, um, not every best artist that you idolize is always going to have a great song, you know? I idolize Somboy a lot. He's one of my favorites. Shout out to you, Josh. Um, he's one of my favorites. And there are times that in one of his recent singles, I was, uh, they were like, bro, I, I was expecting a lot more from you. Or it feels like, eh, or it feels like you're a little bit too late to have this type of style. Like I can, crit I can criticize my own favorite artist. You're allowed to. As long as it feel it comes from an objective perspective and feel and you have the musical background out of it, sure. Then have that healthy conversation. It's like you know this song was uh, is dope, but I feel it could have done better compared to the other times that they released. Now the song they released after that song, it is a better improvement. This or that, yes. But if you're gonna say no, the song sucks because he sucks and da, da da da, that's not that's not a fair criticism. That's not being objective about it. That's just hating at that point, you know. So yeah. I can say that there are songs that I was like not with it with with Skrillex, but it was still nonetheless good. It was good. I like the second album though. I like the second album a lot more than the, the first one. So let's move on to now movies and TVs. I want to say this very quickly. Last of Us, my God, it continues to reach heights. Like it continues to go higher and higher more than what we expected, man. Is going next level, man. And the last two episodes shows you, like, wow. Like, what I love about, obviously, Last of Us, because I played the video game, so I know how it ends. But seeing it in a live adaptation, that's exactly how you're supposed to tackle video game adaptations. That's how you're supposed to tackle anime adaptations, cartoons, whatever, you name it. If you're going to do a live adaptation of a certain series, a certain show, or a certain video game, Whatever HBO Max is doing, that's exactly how they're supposed to do it. That's how everybody's supposed to do it. Not the Netflix crap that Netflix keep fucking around with all the anime adaptations. You know, not, not, not like that. Not even the Resident Evil that Netflix uh, adapted. Not even the, the Death Note movie. Not even the Cowboy Bebop series. Like, no, that was worse. Great, great people. Sure. Great actors. Yeah. But the execution, horrible, horrible, horrible. That's not how you're supposed to do it. HBO Max is literally taking the net sale of live uh, video game adaptations. That's how you're supposed to tackle it because it's going 
by the book. It's going by the source instead instead of inventing the new wheel, which is like that's the stupidest thing to do. And it's going on point, and the and the and the emotions. Like even though you already know how it goes, the fact that you get to relieve it again and put a scene on a uh, different perspective and adding new stories to it, they're adding new stories so that way it can feel like okay. And 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 answer some questions like oh okay now I understand why this is like that you know it's next level I commend HBO Max for making this show like oh my god it's unbelievable HBO Max has a great track record of doing adaptations whether it's books like Game of Thrones and uh, now Last of Us is like they're on they're on the they're on the great path right now like kudos to those guys keep it on man. You should try to watch Last of Us because it's a great show. To finish it off, we're going to finish it off with the review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Here's the thing, guys. I'm very objective. Like When it comes to movies and video games and TV shows, I'm very objective. Especially, I'm a geek by heart. Geek and nerd by heart. Obviously, I've never read the comic books, but I am familiar with them and I know the stories. And obviously, when they brought these stories to the MCU, to, to Disney, to Marvel Studios, and they bring it on to movies, it's amazing. I can critique a lot of movies that have been released up to now. Like I, I can tell you that the worst one so far is Eternals um, based on TV shows. Like uh, I don't know which one I feel like it was like, blah. Wonder Vision was actually pretty good because I was like, oh, probably the the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, that was kind of eh. I just enjoyed the the fight scenes. The fight scenes were were on point. Loki was great. The storyline was actually pretty great, and it, a lot of plot twists on it. So I was like, whoa. Moon Knight was like, if you're not a fan of Moon Knight or you're not familiar with the story, and if you don't pay attention to the storyline, you're gonna get confused right away. So yeah, that's definitely for sure. Miss Marvel was like, eh. It was like I didn't, I didn't expect much out of it, and that goes with some of the movies. Like the Eternals was a bad movie. Um, the 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 first Doctor Strange movie, it was like it's okay, you know. For this uh, Dark World, the second, the the first and second four was like okay, whatever. Ragnarok to me was the best one, um, and that goes with the other movies as well. So yeah, I just feel that. In Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the credits are, are being a little bit too harsh of that movie because when I saw it, it was good. It's not the best one, not the worst one either. It was good. I was like, okay, cool. Good thing I saw it. I now have a better understanding. And this movie literally jumps and sets the, the terms of the Marvel's uh, Phase 5 you know, that's this is what's going to bring Kang the Conqueror into Phase 5 and wanting to know why. And it ties with Loki's storyline for the second season. It ties with it. So it's actually like, it was actually pretty good. Not that many wow factors, but it's a movie that was necessary to make to jumpstart the next phase of Marvel. And it's next big back villain. Our big back villain was panels for three phases. Phase 4 and 5 and is based on Kang. So that's what's going to be. Phase 6 and 7 and 8, 9, 10. I think like Phase 6 and 7 is going to be based on Victor Doom. Like Doctor Doom from the Fantastic Four. I think those are going to be like the next um, big bad guys. 
And then the last phases is going to be Galactus. That's the end all be all, you know? So I got to say for Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of other critics, you guys are criticizing this movie way too harsh than what it should. It's not a bad movie. And telling me that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the same as the Eternals, that it's as bad as the Eternals. No, 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 no. Internals was definitely a bad movie. It was like, uh, like we didn't need this. Like this was a storyline that we didn't care. Oh, Celestial Beings. Oh, that give us a hint that, yes, we have a Galactus. Oh, and Banos has a brother. Oh, and Black Knight is coming. And Blade too. Eternals was just, was just bad. However, Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp Contomania was actually pretty good. It was, it was much more better than I expected. Sure, there was some comedic tones that it, like, it was a hit or miss. I was like, ah, I see what you mean. But it's like not that funny. But the ones that do that were laughing that were good. I get it. But it, it's to give it a 54% is like, that's a little bit too harsh, you know? If anything, I would give it a solid 70% or a little bit more, a little bit high. Because it was a good story. It was a good, it was, uh, it's not a good story. It was more like, it's a basic story, but adding a few elements so that way it can tie it up to the next couple of phases and have the Avengers, you know, fighting Kang, the Conqueror. It was good overall. So I can't complain about it. And I can't say like, oh my God, it was the worst thing ever. Like, no, it was actually pretty good. It was, you know, it was whatever. But it, it it's not like, oh, the worst thing ever. Like you got to compare it to Eternals. Like, no, Eternals, Felt like a drag. Eternals felt like, when is this over? Eternals definitely felt like this is not a good movie versus the Ant-Man. It was like, all right, I enjoyed the movie. Would I watch it again? I, I don't know. I don't think I'll, I'll watch it again. If I, if I watch it again, it's so I can see all the Easter eggs. Other than that, it's like, it's a good movie. It's just something to start off for the next couple of phases. So that's my opinion based on it. Like, I feel like it's way too hard. So a lot of people are harshing it way too much to what it is, you know? But those are my thoughts, guys. What do you guys think about it? Please let me know in the comments down below. Like, like and subscribe for your weekly episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. We're going to wrap this up right now. So thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, every week and every, it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe. And I'm going to do my best to be better at this. And like I said, if I got nothing else to talk about, if there wasn't something to talk about, I'm going to bring some a new topic to talk about. So like and subscribe and click the bell for notifications so you guys don't able to miss it. You can always check on my episodes on the audio platforms for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts for the Lone Wolf Podcast or Wilson Music. As well as you can check my videos and for the Lone Wolf Podcast or the Wolfpack Podcast at youtube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast or at Lone Wolf Pod with a V, guys. Just remember, V's. Comment down below and let me hear your thoughts, share your experiences. And guys, like I said, if you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover, please let me know in the comments down below. I'm going to do my best to cover on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys at the next one. All right. Peace. Me